They say that a child who has a righteous, learned mother has been given about 20 years head start in life, in terms of religious life and connection to Allah, than somebody who does not have a mother who is religiously inclined and religiously educated. Can you imagine it? Children brought up in two different households. One, only when they become about 18, 19, 20, that they will discover Islam for themselves and then start learning. But then the child that had the mother and then she sent him to maktab and reinforced the madrasa training at home. Because a lot of it that they actually learn from home compared to madrasa really. You know, I think uh, madrasa is very powerful. But I think what the parents can teach, especially the mother, is a lot more intensive and critical than even what the maktab can, uh, can provide. Maktab provides certain, you know, uh, formal training as in terms of reading the Qur'an, etc. But in terms of the akhlaq and character, perspective, outlook, compassion, just dealing uh, with, uh, just having Allah in your life, I think, subhanAllah, that's just reinforced by the mother more, I think, even than the father sometimes, because the mother just has a much more intimate uh, you know, connection with the children. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathiran ila yawmiddin Amma ba'd Qala Allahu tabaraka wa ta'ala fil Qur'an al-Majid wal Furqan al-Hamid Wa antum al-a'alawna in kuntum mu'mineen A lot of women Generally, if we compare the situation and the circumstance of women today to what it used to be just about 50 years ago, and especially since I would say that many of the women here are probably not converts, they're, not, they're probably from very traditional backgrounds, Indian, Pakistani, Bangladeshi, uh, maybe Moroccan, Somali, uh, Afghani, you know, they, different backgrounds and these are all very traditional backgrounds about 50 to, you know, 50 years ago and beyond I don't think women used to ever get bored whereas today that's a big issue that women get bored at home and the reason for that is that, uh, you know, we've, I think Muslims have been in this country for about 60 years now we're coming to about 60 years or so and there's a certain maturity level that has been reached, however for many of us, when us or our, for, our parents or forefathers were in places like India or Pakistan or Bangladesh or Egypt or wherever people came from, there was a much more traditional way. I mean, people had probably lived in the same place for hundreds of years, which basically meant that you had an extended family in, around you. So you had your house and you had your uncle's house next door or, and another uncle uh, another way and another auntie just below that and just uh, maybe a few houses away and subhanallah, you know, there was a lot of people there. And the women, you know, there was no career for women in those days. The men used to do their either business or they would go to the fields or they would have whatever, you know, means of earning money. The women hardly ever had to you know, go and earn a living for themselves. Most of the time, you know, you always have that issue. You know, they'd, they'll be tailoring or doing something else or cooking or serving in somebody else's house or whatever or helping out in the field. But there was a lot to do because there was a, a massive social life. Your whole expanded family was around you. You never got bored. You know, there was always so many people around. There was, it was hardly ever that, you know, you could spend a day without seeing anybody because... It was, you know, and the, and the, because these are mainly more tropical climates and 
hotter countries, uh, the lifestyle is a lot based on the outside. So, you know, you have big yards uh, outside. I mean, in Morocco, they have actually in the central uh, of the home, in the riyads that they have and so on. So there's this whole massive, you know, design element to it, you know, for centuries where the women had all of these things, mashallah. So they never got bored and, you know, they had their children and uh, they would get together and make certain foods, you know, if, if it was certain condiments that they had to make or if it was some, uh, what you got it, some pickles that they have to make, they'll call three or four of the women together, they'll do that, they'll make the papadums, you know, the, the, the papar or whatever you call it, uh, they'll get together and make samosas, you know, there, there was just always something to do. And of course, in that, there were problems as well, there were probably a lot of gossip, a lot of panchat was probably going on around that time anyway, right? And a lot of that stuff, I'm just trying to explain. Now come to England, or in any of these Western countries, and this is the issue throughout, you know, you go to Denmark, the Muslim community there, the Muslim community in Norway, the Muslim community in Sweden, the Muslim community in, in France, in America, in Canada. The big complaint, especially that women would have, because for men, they, they, their job is generally outside. You know, they're going to work outside anyway. However, for women, it's always a challenge because people are living in apartments, they're living in houses. They generally, a lot of people are not living next to their relatives. So to get to your relative's house, it's maybe a few you know, it may be on the same street if you're lucky, otherwise it's a few streets away or it's entirely in another area. So you uh, sometimes, you know, you may have a neighbor that you can get along with, but it's not the same as family. It's not the same. I mean, people in family, they might bicker and, and fight and everything. But at the end of the day, they're blood relatives, so they're together anyway. So this is a massive challenge and we have to understand this situation and I, I don't want to make this a problem it's not a problem for you because mashallah some people are dealing with this and that's exactly what i want to speak about today is how do you not become bored how do you keep yourself productive how do you not fall into a stress situation or even depression right um how do you uh, how is it um that, that uh, there's a lot of complaints um generally the complaints i get from women is that my husband is never there right and when you actually go into the husband is there, but I guess they're not always there because they're not there for several, maybe 10 hours of the day. And then they have to keep going for salat or they have to go out. And then, you know, there's some husbands that obviously abuse this situation and they stay out with their friends for long periods, even after they get married and, and, and so on. Uh, so there, there is obviously this complaint constantly, you know, where uh, women feel that their husbands don't give them enough time. Sometimes what I've actually noticed after discussing with both the couples is that Actually, it's not that the husband doesn't give enough time I mean in some cases it is the case that he doesn't give enough time in other cases It's just that the wife has nothing else to do her whole Life structure her whole day has to revolve around the husband So as soon as he's in then she wants him to be there and sometimes not even allowing him to go for prayer or anything else for that matter Because she just feel feels overwhelmed now, how do we deal with that situation? Right? How do we deal with that situation? So, that's why you see a lot of women today, and this is not something I'm necessarily encouraging, right? But that's why you see a lot of women who go out to work nowadays. They have a job because otherwise, what are they going to do sitting at home? So, that's why they feel that they need to get a job. So, that's why they go and study. Then they keep themselves, you know, busy for, you know, doing something or the other, and then they want to have a job. 
And then after that, you know, sometimes I guess that does lead to big problems where they get too career oriented and then thus neglect having children at all for a very long time. I mean, you know, you've got couples who are, mashallah, doing very well in terms of business or work or career, but they have no children. They're 35 and 40 years old. And that's not really the design from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's not what he's intending, you know, for the cycle of humanity, right? Uh, there is, you know, the next ge- bringing up the next generation is a massive task, very important task. It's a significant task. Still don't understand why people would have children and then actually have others look after them while they go and serve somebody else. Like, I really don't understand that. I can understand if it was absolutely necessary, you know, for the survival of the family of some, you know, of the, on, on the basic level. But otherwise, I don't understand why, you know, you'd go and serve at somebody else's company. So, you know, go and serve somebody else so that, but in that time, you have, your child has to be served by another and then you have to pay them, right? I just don't get that. Uh, I'm not against women working, you know, uh, where, where that is the case and sometimes actually good for them to work. But again, you know, there are some guidelines in that regard. And so today what I want to discuss is that we're supposed to be Muslims are supposed to be strong at every level. A strong believer is better than a weaker believer. This is exactly what the Prophet ﷺ said. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that if you will remain elevated, in kuntum Before that Allah says, Right? Don't become weak. Don't become scared. Don't become grieved. Don't become enfeebled. Help yourself, basically. And accept the glad tidings of the Jannah that you have been given a promise for. The hadith is a hadith that uh, Imam Muslim has uh, transmitted. It's a a very, very interesting hadith and it tells us uh, it's really relevant to this situation. Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu reports that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-mu'minu al-qawiyyu khayrun wa ahabbu ila Allahi min al-mu'min al-da'if. A strong believer, man or woman, right, uh, male or female, is better, superior, and more beloved to Allah than a weak believer. Wa fi kullin khayr, but because they're believers, there's good in all of them. Right? So you can't say a weak believer is bad. It's just that the one more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is superior, who is superior is the one who is stronger. Now that's what the Prophet said is stronger. Now strong and strength comes in many, many different ideas. That's physically strong. So they're healthy. They are uh, physically healthy. They're psychologically healthy, mentally healthy, and spiritually healthy. And in many other ways. And this is where we have major issues. Many of our women and men, of course, but especially our women, because they don't get the exercise, they don't get to move around as much because of the way our situation is. Sometimes they don't get decent exercise. So many end up with a number of health issues. Right? Doesn't have to be across the board, but that is something that a lot of people are worried about. That's why the dua is, Oh Allah, don't make me become dependent on anybody don't make me in need of anybody especially in my old age that's like the dua on every older 
man and woman, especially women's, you know, lips, that this is their dua, that they wird, that they do pretty much all day. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it. So, physically, mentally, and there's a lot of psychological problems. There's a lot of mental health issues in our communities. Because number one, a lot of times we don't even consider it a problem. We don't even know if there's, that there is help that is available. And that is something that we need to really, I mean, especially when it comes to women in miserable marriages or divorcees. Many, many divorcees really go off the rails in terms of really not understanding that there's a spite, there's a problem that creeps in, in terms of the behavior, in terms of, uh, you know, they, they, they have this malice that comes in, uh, that everybody's against them or... You know, that all men are bad. Or, and I mean, this happens. I mean, I'm speaking to women. That's why I'm focusing on them. Otherwise, it happens. It could happen to men as well. But generally with women, because they don't have much of an activity outside, that's why a lot of this can happen. And I said, this was never a problem before. You know, you never heard of women who are dep depressed in the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You know. But it's just, I don't think we've adapted and been able to fully do Alhamdulillah, things are happening. Physically, exercise. Alhamdulillah, we're very blessed that there are many, many, many projects locally around London and in other towns of England, you know, uh, mashallah, specifically for women's activities. You know, all the way from, you know, exercise to, uh, uh, you know, different types of exercise to swimming and all the rest of it. You know, in a, mashallah, very modest, uh, in, a, in an environment that preserves the modesty, which is very, very important. Alhamdulillah, people are considering that. And then there's spiritually, uh, men and women need to be stronger. And for spiritually, for that, you need to be connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because if you're not connected, and if you don't have a dhikr regimen, as a man or woman, then shaitan will lead you. As Allah says, وَمَنْ يَعْشُ عَنْ ذِكْرِ الرَّحْمَانِ نُقَيِّدْ لَهُ شَيْطَانًا فَهُوَ لَهُ قَيْنٍ Whoever stays away and abandons the remembrance of Allah, then we will designate a shaitan. I mean, shaitan's always with us. We will have a shaitan from birth. But that shaitan becomes a qareen, becomes an intimate accomplice. And once shaitan takes, then what shaitan does is a number of, it doesn't make us feel good about prayer and any other thing about covering, about modesty, about goodness, about virtue, about doing worship and devotion. And then it goes beyond that. It's not just about religion. It goes into mental health. So you will have start, ha, start having doubts about things. Uh, doubts, you'll actually start feeling, uh, you'll have start having suspicions. It will eventually lead to a paranoia about people close to you, that they hate you, they're thinking about somebody else, about your husbands, that he's involved with somebody else, whereas he's not. You know, that he's looking at somebody else, he's interested in somebody else, he's engaged with somebody else, he is... It, it, it goes really crazy, the paranoia. P women have sleepless nights, trying to find a time when the husband's fast asleep so that they can get into his phone and check it out. And do some mining for misery in there. So there's some major issues when it comes to spiritual health. Spiritual health, subhanAllah. You know... The, the adhkar that we've been given, the dhikr regimens that we have, simply just istighfar a hundred times morning and evening, salawat, durood sharif, hundred times morning and evening, a bit of Quran reading, especially if you can read it with meaning, 
And number four, if you can meditate five, ten minutes a day, you will be just internally strong and much more connected to Allah and that, that is your powerhouse. And that will help you to basically deal with various issues. Your suspicion rate will go. Shaitan won't have that effect on you as much because anybody who Prophet said, the one who remembers Allah and the one who doesn't, their example is like the living person and the dead person. When you don't do dhikr, your heart is dead. So your body is active, your mouth is active, your eyes are active, everything's active. But your heart is dead, which means that you have no comfort and solace. And you look for comfort then in the wrong things. You don't enjoy doing anything else. So can you see how spiritually, mentally, physically, we have issues? Meaning a lot of women have issues. That's why, you know, do some exercise. You can do exercise in your own homes. Running on the spot, skipping, doing a basic weights, aerobic training, right? Within your own house, if you need a, you know, you, you, can, you, can get, uh, you know, you can get an exercise machine and get a treadmill or whatever. Walking around your garden if you've got a decent sized property, right? Walking, uh, maybe taking your children to school, uh, walking if it can be done rather than driving in the car everywhere. Right? Uh, incorporating more of that into your lifestyle. You see, women, if you don't have to earn, and you know, you're not, you're not going to work, because mashallah, your husband's, your, your husband's income is sufficient, alhamdulillah, then what do you do? There's a lot of other stuff you can do. And mashallah, we're very, very, very fortunate compared to so many other countries and areas in the world. There are so many opportunities for women to study. You know, mashallah, I'm sure Misbah uh, has uh, programs for women. Uh, White Thread has a program for women. There's a number of online programs. You can get yourself into, there's just so much opportunity nowadays, mashallah. So that's how you can spend some hours of your day doing something productive, getting closer to Allah, learning more about your faith, so that you can become just better individuals. And then as women, women tend to be the mothers of the ummah because women are the mothers of the next generation. And the more educated woman, you know, especially with regards to the deen, is going to be able to pass that. They say that a child who has a righteous, learned mother has been given about 20 years head start in life, in terms of religious life, and connection to Allah than somebody who does not have a mother who is religiously inclined and uh, re religiously educated. Can you imagine it? Children brought up in two different households. One, only when they become about 18, 19, 20 that they will discover Islam for themselves and then start learning. But then the child that had the mother and then she sent him to maktab and reinforced the madrasa training at home because a lot of it that they actually learn from home compared to madrasa really. You know, I think uh, madrasa is very powerful, but I think what the parents can teach, especially the mother, is a lot more intensive and critical than even what the maktab can, uh, can provide. Maktab provides a certain, you know, uh, formal training as in terms of reading the Quran, etc. But in terms of the akhlaq and character, perspective, outlook, uh, compassion, just dealing uh, with, uh, just having Allah in your life, 
I think subhanallah that's just reinforced by the mother more I think even than the father sometimes because the mother just has a much more intimate uh, you know connection with the children so a child brought up by a righteous learned mother is going to be given I would say at least 15 to 20 years of a head start and that is invaluable subhanallah that is absolutely invaluable right may Allah bless our mothers so what do you do then so you spend some time in education if you want you can do a home-based business if you need extra income or you just want to follow the sunnah of business please go ahead and do it I encourage that and mashallah the modern world with online trading you know online selling and uh, pretty much everything you can do online right you can run a home-based business Mashallah, you don't have to basically meet anybody. You know, it's all done at home and you can make yourself a, a, a healthy, uh, you know, side business and uh, do a lot of sadaqah from there, help others, spend it on yourself and so on. So that's another thing that you can do along with uh, learning something and you can learn something forever. And Mashallah, we've seen that with women. When we started the two-year Sharia course for women in Stamford Hill, for example, in, I think, 2009. The first group of sisters that we had, they stayed with us for seven years. It was only supposed to be a two-year course. But once they got into it, they just didn't want to leave. So every year we just had to keep updating and giving them new books to study because they, that environment is irreplaceable, subhanAllah. Otherwise, what are, what are people going to do? They're going to spend time... If you don't have anything to do, what you're going to do? You're going to waste time. You're going to want to speak to somebody. So you're going to be on the phone all day or on uh, WhatsApp or on um, you know, Zoom with meetings with people. You're just going to be going on about stuff, right? Talking about other people because eventually what do you talk about? You know, uh, How much can you talk about something serious? You know, Most people can't. Otherwise, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be watching Netflix. You're going to be binging. Subhanallah, subhanallah, the amount of, you know, uh, women that contact us to say that and, and the, some of these, you know, some of these women were, mashallah, very on the spot before they said that Oh, but you know, in the last one year I've really messed up I'm just binging on Pakistani dramas, uh, Bengali dramas, you know, Bangladeshi dramas, Indian movies, dramas This is a big thing now, dramas are a big thing, you know, both Netflix, uh, YouTube uh, and in Urdu and uh, Bangladeshi and Arab dramas and all the rest of it to such a degree they're saying that before it was regular on our prayer but now we've even missed prayers because you just had to watch the next one because they, uh, there's always a cliffhanger at the end there's always a, a cliffhanger at the end if I mean uh, Turkish dramas you know all of this this is what people are going to do at the end of the day you're going to end up doing a lot of wasting of time. You're going to do a lot of wasting. You can't sleep, so that's what you will do. Otherwise, you'll do shopping. You've got a lot of money, you'll just do shopping. Online, uh, browsing, town center, and so on and so forth. Another thing that's going to happen to you, if you don't get yourself active in work, education, and the third thing is volunteering. Mashallah, mashallah, we have amazing capability in our women. Subhanallah, like you'd be amazed, have amazing capability in women. Like they can, they can contribute to, to so much. But they don't know how to contribute because, you know, there's nothing to do at home. Go and ask the local masjid. 
the local organization, religious organization, you know, the local academy, local institute, is there something that we can do? Right? Is there something that we can do? For example, you know, we had uh, one of our uh, earlier students, then she had children, so she was busy, but now maybe she's at a point, she's like, I want to volunteer, I've got time, let me know what we can do. Like, what can I do? And then if it's for a religious purpose, you get reward for it. I mean, if it's for a public welfare project, I mean, even if that means like just basically planting trees somewhere, you know, volunteering to plant trees somewhere, right? uh, volunteering to clean up something, volunteering to help the elderly, volunteering to cook something for a homeless project or whatever it may be, you know, within remaining within your modesty parameters, there's a lot to do. Otherwise, you'll just end up doing... And then there's another thing, okay? And I don't want to take too much too long on this because we've got a num number of questions. Another thing that you have to remember is that if you don't have anything else, you're going to be burdened on the people closest to you because you're going to re require for them to give you your, en uh, your entertainment or you're going to be obsessed with just being with them, right? What's going to happen then when your children, you know, leave? When your children are away? A lot of women, they don't know what to do. They, they, they feel really bad. They go into a, a lot of depression because they, they don't know what to do once all their focus on their children is gone and the children have moved out, their husbands aren't there because they're at work or whatever. Make yourself productive. Make yourself useful. And the way to do that, as I said, is ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for tawfiq. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, accept me for the service of your deen. Ya Allah, I don't know how I can help. I'm just, you know, a normal person, a normal housewife, whatever you, you know, speak to Allah. Oh Allah, you know everything. Oh Allah, you're the one who accepts people. You're the one who guides people. Oh Allah, guide me. Illuminate my path. Accept me for some service of your deen. Make me a useful, productive person. Allow me to leave a legacy. Get, get brave. You want to leave a legacy. You know, we hear about, I mean, not as much as men, because generally men do a lot of the outer work, but otherwise there are women who've left their mark. Whether that be through a book they've written, a madrasa they've established, like the Qarawiyin University, the oldest university in the world, Muslim, non-Muslim world, in Fez. It was, uh, it was established by a woman, Fatima Al-Fihriya. You've got the Zulaikha Canal, the, the wife of Harun al-Rashid, she did a number of projects and mashallah her name's still there from you know one of the Abbasids. Subhanallah, you might say I don't have that much money. Well, that's fine. You know, Allah will accept small, small things. Nobody may know your name, and that's not the purpose you do it for. Nobody may know your name, but you do it for the sake of Allah. In my marriage book, I had to mention the name of somebody because I benefited hugely from from what what they did so I mentioned their name and she was very very upset with me why did you mention my name why did you mention my name so in the subsequent editions I had to take a name out and she has done a lot for Muslim women across the world right but I had to take a name out because that's not what she wanted she wanted she wants to do it for Allah not that having your name means that it's not for Allah that doesn't mean that but I'm just saying that we got a lot of good women. You, there's women sitting here today, mashallah, and listening, who 
who have amazing capabilities. Some know it and some don't know it. And ask Allah for assistance. Ask Allah to guide. And you will see that. Let me just finish that hadith off. The Prophet said that the stronger believer is better and more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the weaker believer. But in each of them is goodness anyway. And then the Prophet said, Ihris ala Go and avidly seek out what is to your benefit. So for your health benefit, for your mental benefit, mental health benefit, educational benefit, spiritual benefit, go and seek out. Ihris ala Go and seek out what is to your benefit. Wasta'in billah. And seek assistance in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ask Allah for your help. Wala ta'jiz. Don't just be enfeebled and sit back and just feel sorry for yourself. Because you're only going to harm yourself. You're only going to harm yourself. Don't be enfeebled. Don't be incapacitated. And then, a uh, very good advice uh, the Prophet said, وَإِنْ أَصَابَكَ شَيْءٌ فَلَا تَقُلْ Now, if, if something bad does happen to you, if you have a shortcoming, if something afflicts you, don't start saying, لَوْ أَنِّي فَعَلْتُ كَا لَوْ أَنِّي فَعَلْتُ كَانَ كَذَا وَكَذَا Had I done it this way or had I done that, then this and this would happen. You can definitely say that to learn from it, to learn from your mistakes, but you can't do that to go on about it. SubhanAllah, I've had cases of a sister called once and she said that, you know, she had an, you know, I think it even got to a stage of engagement that they were going to get married. And then after that, the guy pulled it off. And now it's been several months and she's still beating herself up as to why did it go wrong. It's like, come on, man, there's a lot of the fish in the sea. Just move on. Like, what's your issue? The guy's gone. Forget it. Oh, but if I had done it this way, then maybe this. And if I had done this, whatever it is, just say it's from Allah and carry on. And you, inshallah, second time will be better. Walakin kul. Instead, the hadith says, the Prophet said, kul qaddar Allah. That is what Allah destined. That is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed. And he does whatever he wishes anyway. So I tried my best. Didn't happen. Let me try again next time. And then the Prophet said, You keep saying, if only, if I did this, if that, if this, if this, it just will then eventually open the door of shaitan. And then you'll become shaitan wants you to become despondent. Shaitan wants you to be miserable. Because when a person is miserable, they don't feel like doing something good. They start blaming Allah. That's what the shaitan will do. He'll start blaming, start making you blame Allah. You'll start blaming everybody else except yourself. Or you'll blame yourself so much that you feel you can't do anything. All of these are problems. So go get some help. Clarify your mind. Get a good set of friends rather than a bad set of friends. Cut out all the dramas and all of that time waste. And focus on getting productive and leaving something for yourself, for your children, for the Muslim world, for the world and humanity in general, and for your akhirah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make that easy for us. May Allah allow this to be a starting point, a thinking point for many, many great things. And take us out of this depression that many are feeling today. Uh, the point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures 
uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials certificate, which you take 20 short modules. And at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.